Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, man, you guys can be seated. What a great day it is already. And, uh, man, I'm just excited about what God's going to speak to us through his word this morning. And uh, just, wow, fabulous. Man, um, I want to throw this out here right quick. Brad and I, we, uh, we kind of collaborated a little bit this week, and we tried something a little bit different. Some of you um, took notice of that uh, toward the latter part of the week, but we started a, a separate podcast. It's still under our church podcast, okay? You can go there and find it, but what we have done is, is we're breaking down the message from the previous week. So Thursday we did one on what we talked about last Sunday, and then um, I'm not going to commit what day it's going to happen this week, but it will happen this week on uh, following up on today's message also. And it's just really him and I sitting down having a conversation about uh, the message that we went through. But, you know, beyond that, family portrait is what we're talking about. Now, we've all had our families out and we've had those awkward picture moments, right? You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever gone to somebody's house and they're like, sit down, let me show you some pictures. Back in the day, it used to be a photo album. Now it's these. You know what I mean? There goes my note. All right, now it's these, okay? And so what we do is, is we, sometimes we're proud of those moments, moments that should not be proud of, all right? Let's take a couple looks at some pictures, all right, of some fam- No family here, all right? I don't know if you can see, squint really hard. The kids are not happy. I think the mom's embarrassed, and the dad is so proud of what he looks like. All right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That's one of them family moments you're like, no, no. All right, let's go to the next one. All right. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess they're trying to be funny. It's just not really working out for me. All right. Now, this next one, don't, don't put it up yet. Don't put it up. I love this one. I saw this one, and instantly I was like, that's got to come up on the screen, all right? Check this out. Back in the 80s. I mean, they look like they belong in The Lion King. You know, there's like Simba, you know, and, you know, oh my goodness. I mean, just read, look at that. Like, how much hairspray did they use? I mean, gallons, right? Oh my goodness. All right, all right, we could drop off of that. Uh, what we're doing is, is we're in a four-week teaching series, and we're looking at what is known as the Beatitudes. Um, simply comes from a, 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 a Latin word meaning really blessedness. And in Matthew uh, chapter 5, Jesus shows us through these Beatitudes eight different characteristics of those who are blessed. Last week I said, who wants to have a blessed family, right? And just about everybody shot their hand up, okay? So let me ask again. Who wants to have a blessed family? All right, that's what we're talking about here. We want God to bless your family. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in the individual relationship of Christ that we really can, watch this, we can actually go off in, in our own direction, forgetting about the family dynamic. And that God, obviously, was the one who formed family. So if God formed family, then what? Family is what? Very important to him. Okay? We see that right away in Genesis. Instantly, God created family just with Adam and Eve. All right? Last week, we looked at blessed are those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Next week, we're going to look at those blessed are those who are peacemakers. Now, let's just be honest. And, and, and this is something that you can kind of 
look at through your life this upcoming week and, and try to take notice of it. But we don't, it's almost as if we don't live in a society or a culture or within our families where we're looking to create peace. We want to take peace. Okay? We're not looking to give peace, but we're expecting peace in return. So we're going to take a look at that and, and see what the scriptures tell us about that. And then the last week, we're going to look at those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. So today, we are going to apply one of the Beatitudes to your family, to our family, to the family that you currently belong in, to the family that you currently belong in as the body of Christ. And we're going to find out that God calls us to protect not only our physical nature, but to also protect the purity of heart. Now watch, I'm, I'm going to touch on some topics, some subjects. We're going to brush against them. We're going to dig into a couple. And you know what? It might make you just a tad bit uncomfortable. Can I help you out with this? Good for you. All right, good for you, because God's talking to you, all right? I believe we have a spiritual enemy. There's no doubt about it. The Bible tells us that throughout Scripture. He wants to do something. He wants to rob our families of this purity. He's looking to what? Steal, kill. He's looking to destroy the innocence and trust within our own families. Jesus gave a very specific beatitude here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. And this is going to be our key verse, what we're really going to hone in on today, and it is this. Blessed are what? The pure in heart. All right? What will they see? What will the pure in heart see? It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see who? God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Now, the word heart here uh, is, is actually comes from a Greek word meaning cardio, okay? And so we get this word from that, and, and, and Jesus is really using uh, this word as a metaphor, and what he's really kind of one of the things that he's really honing in on, on in this moment is our emotions. Understand, you, you're an emotional creature. Some of you are way more emotional than others. Don't look at your spouse, all right? Don't point fingers, all right? But we are, and, and so we have feelings, and we have inner self. So when Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, he was talking really and, and taking a look at what our attitudes, what our motives are, what our thoughts are toward others. Jesus was talking about a lot more than even what I'm going to even bring to the table to you this morning. You know, but what I want to narrow this down and scope this down simply is to talk about the moral purity. Let me repeat that. The moral purity and apply it to our homes. Something that I believe our culture is taking us in a different direction. It's very common for us as believers or ourselves and other people to say this one term. Watch this. You've said it before many times. Oh, well, they meant well. Or watch this. Oh, they have what? A good heart. He's got a good heart. The reality of that statement is this. It's simply not true for any of us. You were not created with a good heart. Believe it or not. Watch this. Let's, let's take a look. And, and I, if you have your bulletin, I have a, a spot for you here. And this is this. Without Christ, there is no such thing as a pure heart. We say that statement, oh, they had a good heart. They had good intentions. Have you ever been there? Have you said that before? When somebody's done something boneheaded, or made a big mistake, and you've gone, oh, they had, 
Bless them. Bless their heart. Bless their heart. Oh, my goodness. Okay, watch this. Let's take a look in, in a scripture here. Jeremiah, chapter 17, 9 through 10. You don't believe me? Let's get into the scripture. It says this. The heart is. What is it? It is deceitful above all things, and it's beyond cure. So what is it? It is deceitful. It, it, it lies to us. It deceives us. It goes on to say, who can understand it? Well, God says, I, the Lord, search the heart. And what do I do? And I examine the mind. So right there, you can understand this. The heart is deceitful. Now, in fact, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, the apostle Paul was, was saying something really profound to the believers in Ephesus at this moment. He said of those who were Gentiles, who had drifted from their faith, who were non-believers, this is what he said. He said, they're darkened in their, own, in their understanding, and they're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Don't you love the wording sometimes of the Bible? There's a, there's a, I, I was doing a teaching Wednesday night, and uh, I'm going to get right back to this, don't worry. I was doing a teaching Wednesday night to our Bible study. You should join it. It's a fantastic time. And uh, one of the, the, the scriptures that I used was in Proverbs, and at the very end of it, it said, you're stupid. You're just stupid. And, and when I saw that, I went, that's like my new favorite verse. You know what I mean? It, just, it was a fantastic moment, all right? But he says, they're darkened in their understanding, and they're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the what? I'm sorry, due to the what? Why is the heart hardened? Because it's deceitful. You cannot trust your heart. They're darkened to their understandings. They're separated in this moment from the life that God wants them to have because of their ignorance. This is what Paul's saying. He says they, they, they don't even realize it because their hearts, watch this, this is a good moment here. This is something for you to take in. Because their hearts have, been, have grown hard to the things that matter most, and it's caused them to darken in their own understanding. Now watch this. How many of you ever walked into a dark movie theater? You all don't go to the movies much. All right? Now here's, you walk in and, and you're going into the movie theater. If the movie has already started, you're in the world of trouble. Because all the lights, what do they do? They come down. Right? Now here's what. You walk in and it's completely dark. I figured out, while I was studying for this message, why there's a, such a long aisle way going down the side of the, 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 the movie theater. Now, next time you go in it, you're going to think of this, and you can thank me for that, okay? It is simply so, while, when you first walk into it, it, it appears to be extremely dark, and you can't really see much around you. But as you continue to walk in the darkness, what happens? Your eyes begin to adjust. And then you are able to see the things that which you were not intended to see. There's a spiritual teaching right there. What has happened to many of us within our lives is simply we've allowed that to happen, where we are walking into the darkness and we realize that it is an environment that we do not belong in. But we think to ourselves, if I stay just a little bit longer and, and taste a little bit longer and experience a little bit longer... And we believe this lie in ourselves that as we stay within that environment, the darkness that was so around us begins to lighten up and then we'll be able to, what, we become accustomed to our surrounding. 
and it becomes a part of us. For many of us, that's where we have slipped up in life. That we have walked into seasons of darkness. We've gone to an environments of darkness. We've been in relationships of darkness. And we know better. But we've stayed in it. And the problem is our eyes have become so accustomed to it that we go, I can see perfectly fine. There's nothing around me that I cannot understand. And we've allowed our heart to deceive us because we have trusted it. When God says in his word that the heart is what? Deceitful. Could it be that in the majority of our homes, that our families that we love are separated from the life of God because we've been, what, in a darkened understanding? Because of our ignorance and our hearts have, what, they've become hardened and, and we don't even, watch this, some of us don't even recognize what we've been missing. And that is what the goodness that God has for our lives because we've allowed ourselves to be a part of so much impurity and we've allowed it to creep into inside of our families and we don't even recognize the problem why because we can see perfectly fine all around us uh he goes on and and saying i think i have this verse in verse 19 um if if i didn't my mistake oh yes i do okay good it says, having lost all sensitivity, listen to that. Listen to the wording of the scripture here. It says, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of what? Impurity. Let, focus on that scripture for a minute. Some of you need to write that down. You need to highlight some of those words. You've lost your sensitivity. Therefore, you're giving yourself over to sensuality and you're indulging in every time type of what? Impurity. All right, I'm loving this message whether you are or not. <laughs> Having lost all sensitivity, our culture is giving itself over to all sorts of sensuality and what indulging in it. Now in our lives, our families, we love them, we appreciate them. We want to what? We want to protect them. We want to guard our marriages. We want to protect what? The next generation coming up. But I wonder if it could be that one of the reasons our own, our own homes are not blessed is because simply our hearts have become hardened and we've spent way too long in a darkened season of life to where we are looking around and what? Our vision has adapted to our surrounding and we don't even see the problem any longer. We've been darkened in our understanding without even knowing it, we've lost what, as the scripture said, all sensitivity, and we're indulging, and we're finding ourselves indulging in whole kinds of impurity because society, the world, the culture that we live in defines it as being, it's okay. It's how we were created. What's going to be different within our lives? Well, if you missed last week, you understand that we had a key thought, and I'm going to revisit it probably each week. And you need to remember this, that we are not just supposed to be, what, a Christian family, which, by the way, you know what, it's, it's like 80% of our country claims to be a Christian. I don't believe 80% of our country is a Christ-centered home. Do you? The problem is we claim Christianity. We talked about this, legalistic Christianity, culture Christianity. You know, the, the do's, don'ts, ought, ought not to, should, shouldn't. Or the culture, we're a Christian, but we're only living according to the, to the world's definition of it so that we don't look awkward or look different. You know what the Bible tells us to be holy, does it not? 
Do you know what the, the definition of holy simply is? It's very easy. It means to be different. We are charged with the responsibility to be holy, and that simply means to be different. If society can look at you, your culture can look at you, your friends can look at you, your coworkers can look at you, and they don't see a difference between them and yourself, then we've got a problem. We have a culture issue. We have a legalistic issue. We have a lukewarm Christianity that we're calling ourselves Christian, but we lack within the understanding of having what? A Christ-like home. All right, now... Let's go ahead and, and take a look at a scripture in Psalm 119, 9 through 10. It says this, and, and I love this. It says, how can a young person stay on a path of purity? Now, if you've got kids or you're a young person, that's a great question to ask. Like, how in the world, with all the temptations this world can have, how can we stay in a path of purity? Well, here's what culture would tell us. What? Listen to me. Here's what culture would say. Hey, just follow your heart. Follow your heart. You've got a good heart. You're going to make the right choices. Listen to me. Follow, if, even if you have said that advice to somebody, that is, that get, and, and I've been there. Follow your heart. You're going to know what to do. The Bible says the heart is what? Deceitful. We do not follow our hearts. Watch this. I've... I've Listen to me. I've seen many married couples who followed their heart right out of their marriage into what adultery. Why is that? Because their heart said, oh, well, they're hot. They're, they smell good. The, the grass looks green on the other side. You, you know my, my saying on that. You don't know what manure was placed on there to keep that grass green either, now do you? It's kind of like you're stepping in my backyard where my dog takes a dump. Watch out where you're stepping. I just said that. Watch where you're stepping because the grass ain't greener on the other side. Goodness. All right. He goes on to say, here's what the psalmist says. He says, God, be living according to your word. Here's what I'm going to do. I will what? Seek you with what? All of my heart. Do not allow me or do not let me stray from your commands. Now, for those of you that aren't married... You don't have a family yet. You're kind of kicking back going, this is an easy one for me. You know, I mean, what's he going to say to me? You know, I'm simply stay pure. Stay pure. Don't follow the ways of our culture. Don't follow the ways of our society. What you do today really matters. You, you don't build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin. You can't do that. That's impossible. Right? How can a young person stay pure? I'm going to answer that to you. By living what? According to this word. Well, no kidding, Pastor. We know this. You say this all the time. Well, then let's do it. Let's get into God's word, allow it to be what? The living and breathing thing that God intended it to be. Amen. Let's allow the power of God that he intended to come through his word actually impact our homes in your life. Allow it to bring the divide that is necessary in order for you to live that holy life. And that is for you to be different. Let's do this. Let's acknowledge that perhaps in our homes, that our eyes potentially, possibly, or guaranteedly have become accustomed to the darkness that our hearts have been hardened to. 
accustomed to the darkness that, that it, we, we don't even see the impurity anymore within our lives. How can we go against the flow? Not just as a Christian home, but as a Christ-centered home. How can we get to the place where we are truly wanting to raise a generation that put what Christ, Christ first honors him in every single way? How can you and I practically create a culture of purity within our lives again, and especially within our homes? I'm going to give you a couple thoughts, all right? It, it's, it's, it's going to happen, you know, with, within your life. I want you to understand you're not going to just get married one day, raise kids, 20 years later, look back, and think to yourself, well, look how holy they are. That's not going to happen. There's going to be moments where there's going to be breakdowns. There's going to be moments where there's not going to be examples of purity. But what I want you to understand here is that what we're talking about does not happen by accident. But if we want purity within our homes, if we want purity within your individual lives, we must become intentional about this. We cannot allow our school systems to raise our kids and think it's good. You cannot allow your grandparents to raise your kids and think it's good. We must become intentional within the home. And we must become intentional within the church, the family of God. That we are going after these things of purity and going after them through what? Simply this, God's word. All right? Now, let's take a look at a couple things. The first one is this. We need to start with ourselves. The first one is this. We need to get our, your own heart right. You got to get your own heart right first. Whether you're 18 or you're 88, it doesn't matter. I believe that we set the tone in our relationships around us. You make the choices, no matter where you are, that you will lead toward purity. This is a tough message. Because I got so much going through my mind that I wish you could understand and see right now. But I, I feel like we are so surrounded by so much impurity. Everything from, from everything you watch on TV that you're taking a part of within social media. That we're surrounded with so much impurity that it's almost got to the spot where we are numb to it. And we don't see any wrong in it. Now, Solomon said this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. He says, here's my best advice. And this is good. He, he's the wisest person, right? Here we go. He says, here's my best advice above everything else. What did it say? Above everything else. Guard your heart. For everything you do, what does it do? It flows from it. So God is challenging us right there. He's saying, guard your heart. When you're looking at how do we behave? What, what uh, do we allow into our families? What do we want to be influenced by? Or who do we want to be influenced by? What do we want to read? What do we want to watch? What kind of entertainment do we want to have? We're stepping on some stuff here, right? What kind of friends are we allowing to be our influence within our lives? What kind of things are we going to feed our minds with? What kind of thoughts do you want to have? How do we decide what's right and simply what's not right? Here's what we say. Well, let your conscience be your guide. No. 
The problem is Scripture teaches us completely differently about that. In fact, Scripture teaches us that our consciousness can actually, what, uh, sear our mind. In other words, we can't trust our consciousness for everything because like our hearts, we become deceived so easily. So easily. Watch this. Think of the movies you watch. Think of the language or the content that is being portrayed in them. Here's what people say a lot of times. Oh, but that was funny. I mean, I, I know this show is kind of crude, but it's funny. It's hilarious. It's funny. Watch this. If I were to tell you a sexist joke or a crude joke that was really funny, does it make it okay because it was funny? No. Just because something might be humorous to you does not mean it's right. Funny never makes wrong right. All right. Watch this. God, mm. God, help me to get my heart right. God, help us to get our hearts right. If we can get to that spot, I guarantee I guarantee that all of us, we have been deceived in one way or another, haven't we? You've been deceived. People have deceived you. If there's conversations that I have that are impure, watch this. God, convict me. Here's a prayer. I'm helping you out. Some of you are struggling with some impure thoughts, impure images, impure conversations. God, if my conversation is impure, if it's crude at all, convict me. The problem is we have no conviction. Here we go. If I'm thinking things that are impure, watch this. God, convict me. If I'm allowing things into my home that are impure, God, convict me. Show me. If I've got relationships or friendships that are taking me down more than I'm bringing up. God, show me. Convict me. God, if I'm being entertained by things that are wrong to you, God, show me. God, convict me. God, help me get my heart right. All right, the second thing is this. Parent to the heart. This is really directed toward mom and dad. Now, if you don't have kids... This is still directed to you because hopefully one day you will enjoy the wonderful life of kids like I do. <laughs> Did you like that? Let me tell you a story. <laughs> it, just, it just hit me. It was, was not planned. Last night, you know, we're putting the boys to bed and they wanted to sleep in the same bed. They wanted to hang out. I was like, great. I told my wife this was a disaster. I told her this was not going to work out well. I'm just saying, I'm just making that clear. That's on the record, okay? Oh, no, it'll be great. All right, absolutely. So we, we put them to bed. I'm, she goes to bed. I'm watching football. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. And, and, and we still have one of the monitors in the room. You know, they'll be like 40, and we'll still have a monitor in the room. Hopefully, they'll be moved out. All right? And, and I can hear them. They're talking. They're messing around, you know, giggling, all that good stuff. And then the giggling turns into, stop. Get on your side of the bed. 
you know, and it's a, it's a single bed. You know what I'm talking about? It's kind of weird, all right? And, and all, you know, they're, they're complaining, and next thing I know, the little one, who's opposite of an angel sometimes, and, and, and he's just rising his brother, right? He's poking him, he's slapping him, all this stuff. Next thing I hear, this horrible, squealing noise that's piercing my mind. Granted, I've been in there twice already saying, Shut up! Go to sleep! And while my wife is, you know, enjoying sleep time. And all of a sudden, I hear, I run in there. They're both in separate beds. The one is up in the corner like this. The other one, blood running down his face. And I'm going, oh, this was a fail. This was, I mean, it creeped up in me. I was like, what in the world? You know Lord, we need to pray. We just got to pray. So this one's directed to the parents, right? We got a parent to the heart. When you're working with your kids, man, you got a parent to the heart. Most of us, you know, we, 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 we're, we're, we parent to the action, you know? In other words, we're, we're all about, we want the behavior, but we forget about the heart situation. Um, all throughout Scripture and, and in the Old Testament, uh, we, we see here where Samuel was anointing uh, David in 1 Samuel 16, 7. He says this, The Lord doesn't look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But where does God focus on? It says this, The Lord looks at the heart. God's looking at the heart. What's going on here? In fact, Jesus was, he was a fanatic about the heart. In the Old Testament, Scripture's taught, don't murder. Jesus takes it a step further. He talks about the heart. He says, don't even hate. If you've hated, you've committed murder in your heart. Uh, the Old Testament speaks of don't commit adultery. Jesus taught this. He said, if you look what lustfully at a woman, you've already committed adultery where? Within your heart. Jesus, he's hammering the Pharisees who are talking all about outward behavior. And look, they had it down. They were right in it. But here's what Jesus said. The problem is the outside of your cup and dish is clean, but inside where the heart is, it is filthy. The inside is the most important. So when we're working with our kids, we don't want to just look at the outward behavior. We want to look at the inward. It's kind of like, you know, when, when, when the boys are, are, are fighting, not like last night, because I shut them up pretty quick. You know what I'm saying? Nobody apologized. We just, bam. You know, speak another word. The Lord's coming with his wrath. All right? And, but, but we've all been to the spot. And if, if you've got kids, you know this. One does one wrong. You go, no, you go and you apologize right now. No, I ain't going to apologize. No, you're going to go apologize right now. Fine. Stomp, 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 stomp. I'm sorry. No, they're not. They're not sorry. They're just doing what I said. You know what I mean? Their heart going, I'll do it again. I don't care. All right. We've got to look at the heart. We've got to really address where things are within the heart. You want to see purity within your home? within your children, within your family, within your life even, God says we need to address the heart. All right, number three. Here we go. We need to, uh, I'm closing on this one. We need to pursue perfect purity of the heart. So we're going to pursue perfect purity of the heart. We can't achieve that on our own. Understand that. You cannot do that on you. All right? We're, we're going to pursue perfect purity of the heart. We're going to do it within our homes. Let's take a look at a scripture. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 says, Paul said this. He said, but among you there must not even be, what? A hint 
There must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Or what? Of any kind of impurity. Or of greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. So the question that we should, we should think of is, how much impurity do you want to let in within your life? Here's a story. And I, I read this this week, and, and I come across it, it, it just cracked me up. But so much truth to it. There's this kid, and he wanted to see uh, a, a bad movie, and he was 12 years old. It was a PG-13 movie, and mom said, no. No, I'm not going to let you watch that movie. And the kid said, there's not a whole lot of bad stuff in it. So the mom said, you know what, fine. First, I'm going to make you some brownies. The kid was pumped. He went out, she went out rather into the yard, <laughs> and she got a little bit, a spoonful of the dog poop. She mixed them into brownies, made the brownies, and said, here you go. Before you eat them, though, you need to know there's just a little bit of poop in those brownies. The little, funny story, right? He's, he's playing something so ambient right here, and it's not even really meant, but that's okay. That's good. And, and, and he goes, I'm not eating that. That's gross. That's gross. She said, no, 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 there's just a little bit of poop in the brownies, just like there's just a little bit of bad stuff in that movie. Holy day, we wouldn't do that to our physical body, would we? But we'll definitely do it to our mind, we'll definitely do it to our heart. So what's your standard going to be? Is it going to be blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God? Listen, when you find purity by the power of God, I'm not talking about just like moral purity, but when God really starts to bring that change within our hearts, our desires change, our wants change. We become blessed are the pure in heart for they will what? See God. You know, when you're pure in heart, you can see the power of God working in ways that maybe you've never imagined. Ezekiel uh, 36, 26, when God says, I'm not going to ask just a question for you to make your own heart better, but he says, I will give you what? I will give you a new heart. I will put a new heart in you, and I will remove, what? remove from you the heart of stone. Some of you in here, man, you have got that heart of stone right now. He says, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone. And what? Give Give you a heart of flesh. This is a standard of righteousness. We cannot achieve this on our own, but it can only be achieved simply because the power of God, us allowing the power of God to move and to work within our lives. And the only way that we have that power, the only way that we can have that true peace and, and that understanding and knowing that God is moving and working is when we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I always reflect on this scripture, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Why did he do that? Because he wants to bring purity into your heart. One of many, many things. He wants to bring purity in your home, in your relationship. And it's up to you. This is a decision that is completely full of free will. You can continue to allow yourself to be led by the heart 
And that's your choice. But the Bible says, and here's your warning, that the heart is deceitful. It will lead you wrongly. It will sear your conscience. God is wanting to move in your family. He's wanting to change the path, the way things have been, to take it to where he wants it to be. I want you to stand with me this morning. I'm not talking about anything that you've not thought of. Listen to me. I'm not, this topic that I'm bringing up isn't something that you've already not been battling over. I'm just bringing it back to your attention saying God says this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. They will see, but that is your choice. That is up to you to do. That is something that God is giving into your hands this morning. But the first step is this, asking Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. If you don't have him as the Lord of your life, I'm going to promise you this. You'll never have purity in your heart. You'll never, never have purity in your heart. You'll never have that peace of mind. That the Bible says what? Passes all understanding. You'll never experience what's so great uh, about the joy of the Lord. Because I need strength in my life. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. But the only way I have that is through Jesus Christ. So I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes with me this morning. And I want to ask you this question. If you don't know who this Jesus is, if, he, if you have not made a commitment to him to be the Lord of your life, and you, but, but you could say, Pep, you know, I've, I feel that leading. I feel something tugging me. Here, I'm going to push you. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to your life, saying it's time to make a choice. Today's a day of a very important decision. God has given you an opportunity to make this the greatest day of your life. If that is you, and you want this Jesus Christ in your life, and you want to make that choice today, I, will, I just want you to slip up your hand. I see that hand. Fantastic. see them. I see all those hands. Fabulous. Fabulous. One more moment. That is you. Amen. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer together. We're going to say it enthusiastically as if it were the first time that you said it. Because there's some of it in here, this is the first time they've said it. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, today I commit my life to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be my master and be my savior. Forgive me, Lord, of my sins. And from this day forward, I live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. 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 Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so what do we do with the rest of this message that we talked about? What, what do we do about this purity situation? Well, we make a commitment. We say we, we, we need to be, have purity within our lives. We want purity in our homes. I, 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 you know what? I, I, some of you, I just ruined whatever you were going to watch later on today. 
You can thank me later. Actually, you can thank God. You know? Some of you, those crude jokes and those comments, and look, we're all guilty. We fall into them things sometimes. Hopefully now we, we have them red flags shoot up and go, maybe, maybe, maybe I need to step away from that. Maybe I don't need to be around that. Not maybe, <laughs> I don't need to be, you know? So I'm going to make this real simple, real obvious. Nothing hard about this. But if you could say, Pastor, I need help with this purity thing. Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe it's, again, what you're listening to, watching, being a part of. I don't know. That's between you and God. But I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell you, I'm raising my hand. I need to be more pure in my life. Anyone else want to join me in that? Yes, amen. amen. Here's what we're going to do. Keep that hand raised. And we're going to say this. I'm going to pray this prayer over all of us this morning. Father God, you have given us a message that has challenged us. And so, Father, we have accepted that challenge today. And we're asking you, Lord, to bring change in our lives. God, that we are inviting your presence into every relationship, into everything we watch, everything we read, everything we listen to, everything we communicate with. We want your presence to be involved in it because, Lord, we understand this. (laughs) Wherever your presence is, God, everything must change. And God, we proclaim purity in our lives individually. We proclaim purity in our family portrait. Our homes, God. Bring purity into it. Let us not fall into the trap that the culture teaches and society and the world teaches us that we need to follow our heart. Lord, you told us that our heart is deceitful and not to follow it. But we are to follow the word of God. And today, God, we make this proclamation that we will follow your word. We will stand firm in what your word says. And God, we will be responsible to you, accountable to one another, God, that we will hold each other up so that we do not find ourselves falling in this sense of deceitfulness. So God, help us to live according to your word and to have pure homes, pure hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And Father, as we leave this place, let the words of our mouth And the meditation of our heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. Amen. We love you. Have a great week. Amen.